Hello, this is Robert Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Today's movie, or three-part documentary, is <laughs> The Beatles Get Back. The three-part, as I said, documentary uh, using previously unreleased footage from the original documentary entitled Let It Be that was filmed in 1969. Uh, this is Peter Jackson's uh i guess directing he was allowed to uh review over roughly 60 hours of footage that had been just locked away in a vault um and piece it together to kind of retell this story which had famously been known as like this horrible period uh you know their their beatles were about to break up and so the original film which hasn't been seen for most people because it's it's been i think they released it in 1970 and then they just never re-released it like you can't find it on dvd or anything unless you get like a bootleg or something but the beatles kind of tried to suppress its release because to them it made it look like they were just bickering the whole time and just fighting and so they wanted peter jackson wanted to take a a stab at this and say no i don't think that's really you know looking at this footage i don't think that's really what happened so let me try to piece this together and pare it down as much as I can from this 60 hours of footage to make, you know, this three-part documentary. So at first, I think he made it down to 18 hours, <laughs> which sounds like Peter Jackson, you know. Obviously, the guy made these huge Lord of the Rings movies that you can buy, like, extended cuts of. Um, but then they're like, no, I think you need to cut it down even more. So he cut it down to roughly about, I'd say, like, seven-ish, maybe eight, even eight hours, roughly, of footage because the each episode is like a little over two two hours the the second episode is almost three hours so it's a lot to go through and so we'll get through it all here <laughs> as we discuss it but sam what did you think of the beatles get back i really liked it um but i will say that i think well obviously this was made for beatles fans so if you are not a Beatles fan, you don't know anything about them, you don't really care for their music, you don't really care for them, I don't think you would enjoy this documentary. Not that it was, I mean, it wasn't bad at all, but there were a lot of parts where even I found myself kind of like bored or confused um, because there were parts where it's just them messing around for a long time or singing the same song over and over again but in different ways or in like just messing around kind of just trying to figure it out I guess and it was a lot of that where I was like what are they trying to do like I don't understand like why don't they just play this song so if I was getting that way I, I already know if you're not a Beatles fan you wouldn't be able to sit through this documentary um but I do enjoy the Beatles music and I mean, you introduced me to them. I, I never really heard their music before. I've, of course, I'm sure I've heard like their popular songs here and there. But I always thought the Beatles were overrated because I never listened to their music. And then when you introduced me to them, I was like, wow, they have a lot of good songs, like more than I thought. And we listen to them all the time because you always have them playing. So um, I'm more familiar with their music now. And then going through this documentary... I really appreciated just 
how good they were at what they did. And it was just really fun to see, like, and I always think about that anyway, not just with the Beatles, but just with good bands in general. Like when I hear, I don't know, like Led Zeppelin or like these really long, cool songs. I'm like, how did these people write this music? Like, how did they come together and just create something so awesome? Like, what is that process? What is the creative process that bands go through um, to not only put the different musical instruments together and create something awesome, but then put, you know, lyrics on top of that. So it was so to see that happen with the Beatles was really fun and interesting. Um, Because a lot of the times they were just messing around, just goofing off, playing different music, like different songs, saying just goofy things. And then out pops let it be or whatever like awesome masterpiece they just come out with right and they just kind of perform the number over and over again until they kind of get it to where they like it and then it's closer to the version we've all heard so it was really fun to be able to see that that process um I will say I I didn't really know about the whole breakup thing or I didn't know this was like a period of I don't know not getting along yeah um, but it was really funny because they were bickering at points in, in this documentary, but no one ever yelled at each other. No one ever raised their voice. And with their accents and speaking so fast, sometimes I didn't even know what they were saying. I didn't know what was going on. And then you see some person like get up and leave and I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, did they just get into a fight? But it, you couldn't tell because it just sounded like they were having a conversation or just like, you know, barely saying right. back like, and forth. Like when George leaves, because George leaves the band like early on in the documentary. He legit left the band <laughs> and I did not understand that. Well, because it's funny because all he says is, all right, well, I think I'll be leaving the band now. And they're like, when? He's like, right now. And it's like, just so calm and like, not yeah. like, I'm quitting or anything. It was just like, I'm just going to leave yeah. the band. <laughs> and they're like, okay. He's like, I'll see you around at the pubs or something. <laughs> yeah. Like he said something like that. So he leaves, right? And they all kind of keep playing. They all kind of stay where they're at. And like nobody goes after him. Nobody yeah. says anything. Like it wasn't It wasn't a huge scene. Nothing crazy. So even I was like, what just happened? And, yeah. and then I thought he was going to come back like in a few minutes or something, you know. And then like days go by. And I was like, holy crap. He legit left the band. And it like... I you couldn't tell because it just seemed like a conversation like (laughs) nobody got upset like nobody so then after that we had to go back and listen to it because I was like wait so what were they fighting about though like what set him off like because this whole time I I just thought they were either messing around or just talking and and I guess it turns out like Paul was trying to tell him like how to play a certain way and I guess he didn't, he couldn't play that way or didn't want to, whatever. And I guess he was just getting frustrated with trying to be told how to play something and he left. But, you know, it was really hard for me to understand that. Like I didn't, I should, we should have put the captions on or something because I didn't get what they were saying. And the reason I turned the captions off is because they, the show itself puts on captions whenever it's like kind of hard to understand what they're saying. So yeah. I was like, Man, there's like all these captions going on that it just was distracting to me. So that's why I turned them off. But yeah, I liked that. I liked that no one ever yelled at each other, got upset or anything like that. I mean, they got upset, but they it wasn't like a huge fight. It wasn't like a huge scene. Um, 
And then the other thing I wanted to comment on was just, I just love how John and Yoko loved each other. I freaking love it. And I not really knowing anything about like their story and stuff like that. And I remember you or or you saying other people would say this like, oh, Yoko's the reason the Beatles broke up. Yeah. Right. A lot of people think that. The and, people still think that <laughs> to this day. Yeah. And, you know, watching this and just getting to know more about them and what they did and and especially seeing them in this documentary like that was love okay like they were just so nuts about each other that it was like I just couldn't help but love that I was just like oh my god like that's just so beautiful because it wasn't like Yoko was like oh bring me or you know she wasn't even being disruptive like nothing like she was just there you could tell John wanted her there he did not care about what anybody else thought about it like and and to a fault right because Paul even said like you know we need someone to say like hey kind of everyone leave your girls while we work or you know just us need no girls in the business meetings just us you know because I think they were getting kind of frustrated with you know why can't it just like it always had been right why can't it just be us trying to get our our songs together or do our business together whatever John was always bringing Yoko into everything and she was just there. And, you know, of course that kind of shifts the dynamic in, in right. the room and in everything, conversations. And so I guess the, the guys just weren't used to that. And, and yeah, it does change things, but she was never forceful about it. She was never like rude or annoying or like anything. Like you can tell John wanted her there. And so he didn't care what the guys thought, what anybody else thought. I I wanted my girl next to me, so she's gonna be here next to me. And I freaking love that. And Paul even said like, oh, they just they just always want to be together all the time, like they're just all the time together. And it's like, yeah, they're in love. Just let him do it. Like he's a freaking beetle. He can do whatever he wants. So I don't know. I I really fell in love with their relationship after watching this. I was like, they're just so cute. Like you can tell they loved each other so much. Um, and then also after watching this, the two hottest Beatles at that time was John and George. George knew how to dress. Do you, are you really saying John or Paul? No. You said John. John and George. Oh, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> I meant Paul and George. Paul like, and George were the hottest Beatles at this point in the documentary. Paul had that nice little beard going. He dressed real nice. And then George was just a little fashionista because he was wearing like those Austin Power shirts. And <laughs> I don't know. He just looked really cool all the time. You could tell he was like really into fashion. Um, and then getting to know Ringo a little more, I guess, after watching this, I'm like, he was such a sweetheart. Everyone loved Ringo. <laughs> like he was just great. Um, and John, I, I mean, he was not handsome, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I really do like his personality and like who, who he was as a person, right? Like you could just tell he was a very open and and loving person. And I liked that about him. Like, and he didn't care. He didn't care what anyone thought. So I really liked that about him. And then I do also like that. Was it Billy? Billy Preston. Billy Preston was really the fifth Beatle in, in the making of this because he was on the, the keyboard, right, The whole um, on all the songs for this album. And he did great. I mean, 
and uh, watching him too it's like him playing they the beatles just said hey you want to come jam with yeah, us that's really it they didn't, jam. They didn't yeah. give him any sheet music they didn't give him any yeah any instructions they didn't tell him what to play everything he just did on his own and it was freaking perfect like it was just natural like he wasn't even looking at the keys like he was like we saw he <laughs> was smoking cigarette a cigarette in, in one hand and playing the keyboard and like he knew what to play like and i remember we were watching i don't know if it was a show or a documentary i, I don't even remember what it was about i know it was about music maybe it was we're gonna have to look it up i think it was one of those like apple shows or something but um, there was this female artist that they were interviewing and, and they had asked her, like, do you think God or spirit, like, channels through the making of music like this? And, and she was like, oh, definitely. Like, I know spirit channels through me when I create music in, in the, the studio. Um, and... I have to agree with that because when you see artists like the Beatles and Billy just naturally, they're just naturally just throwing out there on their instruments, whatever comes to them, whatever they're feeling, whatever they pops in their head. Right. And like I said, you get these masterpieces, you get these really awesome songs. Like there's some type of energy just flowing and channeling through these artists. And it was really cool to see. I just really enjoyed seeing it. Um, and it was fun hearing these songs being created and and start from like weird, funky sounding and then you eventually get to what we all know. So it was really cool. And then I, I like that they showed the whole concert on the rooftop. That was like one of the best parts. First of all, all their outfits were on point. Uh, even John looked really cool. Um, but it was just a really fun scene. You see the cops get involved and then I like how the camera crew was interviewing people on the street about what was going on. That was fun. Um, so it was just a really cool performance, a really cool, um, what do you call it? It's just something that happened, you know, mm-hmm. like to be there. Like I wish, I wish I would have been there. You know, I wish something cool like that would happen to us. Like, Oh, we're just walking downtown in the street. Oh my God, the freaking Beatles or Beyonce are playing. They're on the <laughs> roof and you can't see them, but you can hear them. Like, this is a really cool treat, you know, like yeah. really cool surprise. So that, that was, I'm, I like that they did that. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it because I enjoy their music. I enjoy watching artists uh, do their thing. Um, like I said, there was some parts where I was kind of like bored because I was didn't understand what they were saying and they were just kind of playing the same thing over and over again or just goofing off. Like they like to joke around a lot and then just play their songs in weird voices <laughs> or just play covers of other people's songs. Just, you know, that's just part of their creative process. So um, parts of it felt like it was like dragging a little bit. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed the documentary. So... Yeah. Yeah, and of course, as you stated, I'm a Beatles super fan. Have been for about 20 <laughs> years now. And what I what I mean by that is, of course, I grew up, you know, this, hearing the their music like on the radio and stuff, and my parents playing it. But it wasn't until I was in college, a freshman in college, when I uh, took a history of rock and roll class, and I really started. Start, you know, in there, there was a chap- a whole chapter dedicated to them in the book, and I was just <laughs> reading about the songs. I was like, "This sounds so fascinating to me," 
And that Christmas, I still remember Christmas or that December of 2000, I went and bought like all their albums and I just never looked back at that point. I was like, oh my God, I'm a a Beatles fan. You know, like I loved every one of their albums, all their singles and everything. So going into this, I was excited, right? I wanted to see this footage because I'd been, I'd been excited since they announced the project like a year (laughs) ago. I remember how long ago it was. Um, Because again, like I'd never seen Let It Be because... They they basically tried to make it disappear. And so I was excited to see this. All your criticisms, even as a Beatles super fan, all of your criticisms are valid. It I think it's too long. It's it's I I know people want to see this footage because it, it is something fascinating to see this footage of them creating and in their process and everything. But there are times where it gets repetitive and it gets mm-hmm. slot. You're like, oh my god, get it back again. Take ten. You know, it's like, um, you know, after a while, I saw somebody comment somewhere where it's like, you'll never want to hear let the Let It Be album again after watching this. <laughs> I'm like, I can see that because you've heard you hear these songs in so many different versions, so many iterations. Uh, start, stop, start, stop. Okay, let's put this word here. What's the wait? Should we say? What's uh, Sweet Loretta what? What should her last name be? Let's try it with Marsh. All right, Sweet Loretta Marsh. And you just, just keep doing these different versions, different takes. And after a while, you kind of go, okay, can we move on to the next thing, please? But it is fascinating to think, man, these guys, this is literally, literally, excuse me, literally what they did, like day in and day out for that month in January 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is fascinating, like you said, to see. I I think my favorite parts were, Obviously, you know you're going to get the Let It Be songs on here, but then you also hear a lot of songs from Abbey Road. You're like, oh, these song, that's going to be on Abbey Road. That one's going to be on Abbey Road. You hear um, – uh, there's this cool part where George is like oh, – you know, poor George. You know, he always was the – you could tell he always wanted to put more more into the, the band, but John and Paul, these huge egos, which they even mentioned themselves. Like, that's all egos, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the two main guys in the band, you know, that's – like 95 percent of the albums are their songs and then you they like would throw george a bone here and there so there's this george very kind of sheepishly he's like hey we're working on this song you know what do you think you know it's like something in the way she moves attracts me like what attracts me like what paul he's like asking for help <laughs> and then george, john's like attracts me like a cauliflower you know put whatever there until you figure it out and he's like okay attracts me like a pomegranate and it's just funny to hear them thinking through these songs that you know, we all know the lyrics, right? We're like, Oh, we know what that's going to become. You know, it tracks me like no other lover. And it's, you know, one of their most well-known songs. So it's just crazy to hear them. Like you said, bringing these songs to the table. And then there's another scene where everyone's just kind of talking and no one's really working. And Paul's there kind of in the middle of it on the piano and you hear the chords for let it be. And you're like, Oh, no big deal. He's just writing like a masterpiece right there while everyone's talking yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and, and someone <laughs> stops talking in the middle of that. And I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Ringo or someone, one of the producers or whatever they were. I don't know if they were like, but they turned around and said, oh, I could listen to him play the piano all day <laughs> while he was playing that yeah. song. And then they kind of chuckle and then they keep talking or whatever, right? But like you said, he was basically writing Let It Be mm-hmm. in the middle of yeah these people just going on about their day and then there's another scene where he's kind of just like chugging along on the bass and that that it eventually 
within the uh, matter of minutes, it turns into get back, which I was like, that is so cool. Just to, he's like, yeah, he just oh, has yeah. this riff going. And, and then the other guys are like, okay. And then I think, um, they pick it up. Ringo gets on the drums and yeah. he's like, and they're just, they're just, again, they're just jamming, just having Natural. fun. Yeah. But all you know, f- because we know this music, we know that's going to be get back. You know, like it's it's interesting to see this in reverse because mm-hmm. you know we know what these songs are going to become. They didn't. They were like trying to you know figuring it out on the spot, and it's just so interesting from that aspect for sure to see how how musicians, just musicians in general, how their brain works, how they how they yeah. work together to put these songs out, or how to you know to to tweak it. You'll hear different I forgot what song it was, but it was like at a very like fast tempo and I was like, "Ooh, they're going to slow that one down way down when they record it." I forgot what song it was, but it sounds very different from the finished version. And then not only do you get songs from Abbey Road, but you hear songs that they're going to go on to do in their solo careers. Like John keeps play- playing this song called Road to Marrakesh. Let's do Road to Marrakesh again. And it's like, I'm just a child of nature or whatever. And he's it's got these different lyrics. And you're like, oh, that's going to be Jealous Guy from his second album. Um, every one of them has like songs that they're writing that they're not going to release as Beatles. They're going to release them as solo artists. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to hear them in their like these early form, forms. Um, there is an interesting scene where it's kind of sad because you know what's coming. But you hear George uh, George talking to John and Yoko, and he says, "You know, I've got like, I've got like twenty songs, you know, that I want to do, um, but with me only getting two songs per album, it's gonna take like ten years, ten ten years of Beatles records for me to get these songs all out." So I'm he thinking, said that? yeah. Oh wow! So he so said they put a limit on it. Well, he's kind of just like ballparking it. Like I get like two songs basically an album, yeah. um, and so. He's saying, like, I, I kind of want to just do this on my own mm-hmm. and still make Beatles records, but but do this. And what's cool is that you think they're going to be like, no, that's, you know, that's not the band. But both John and Yoko are both like, that's a great idea. Yeah, you should do that. You should mm-hmm. definitely put out your own music and then, you know, we can still do Beatles records. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because you're like, well, no, that's pretty much this is pretty much the end of it. And then John, they're all going to each do their own thing uh, successfully for the most part. I mean, Poor Ringo. I mean, I think I only know like maybe two songs that he's ever done as a solo artist. But, um, but yeah, it's really uh, it's interesting. It's it's sad because you know it, this is coming to an end. But like you said, it's interesting because all these years we've been led to believe that oh these these sessions were just a nightmare and everyone was just like bickering and arguing. And you don't get that at all. You get them like goofing off. They're I mean, John especially, he's a big goofball. He's always just making faces at the camera and just like dancing around and yeah. playing, singing in these weird voices, you know, just doing weird stuff just just for fun. Yeah, um, and even Paul, he was, they were reading, there was a point where he was just, or John, I think, they were just oh, Paul was reading, reading yeah. articles from the newspaper where it was saying, describing like fights between the Beatles yeah, yeah. and, you know, I'm sure people got punches in and all this stuff. Just making up all this stuff yeah. about them fighting, right? So I think that's why people thought this was like a tough time for them. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it was difficult, but it wasn't the way, I guess, the it was media portrayed, portrayed yeah, the it me- at the time. The media portrayed it as like, 
yeah. it was funny to see them reading making those articles and kind of yeah. making fun of it, you know, like, like oh, did you know that we got we we got into a fight? You know? Oh yeah, and John's like making the yeah, like acting like he's fit, like he's fighting with George, but yeah, it's just it's funny because yeah, of course they're gonna end up breaking up, but I don't think there was any specific thing that made this happen. I mean, they were all guys in their mid to late twenties. They'd been together for like 10 years. They were just growing apart. You know, it's just like, let's, they they all wanted to do their own thing. Like Mm -hmm. you said, John and Yoko were this, this power couple. (laughs) And like, that's what I love too, is that, you know, again, Yoko is, is always vilified. Like, oh, she was the reason they broke up and she was always there. She, nobody wanted her there. Nobody was being negative towards Yoko. Nobody, Mm -hmm. she was, she was, Yoko was sitting there minding her own business. She was knitting or reading the newspaper. She wasn't. The way you imagine it, the way people portray it is that she was in there going, oh, you know, why don't we do the song like this? Like she was giving them ideas. She didn't, she never once injected anything into that or, you know, inter, you know, interrupted and said, hey, why don't y'all do this? If they asked her something, she would, she would talk or she would ask a question like, oh, is that, are y'all going to do that, that rooftop thing? And then Paul's like, uh, supposed, it's supposed to be Yoko. We don't know at this point, like, cause they, at, towards the end of the, the documentary they're still not undecided on whether to do that rooftop concert <laughs> but um yeah yoko was not a disruptive force in this uh in yeah, the, this footage the you know? only time they mentioned her like talking for john was, oh yeah i guess so after george left the band that weekend all the beatles went over to george's house to try to go talk to him and that's not on the footage, right? We don't right, get don't that, that, but we <clears throat> get Paul talking later. I forgot to who, but he was saying like, yeah, like Yoko kept speaking for John. And then I don't know if somebody else's wife was getting involved or something, but that was the only time they kind of made it sound like, well, you know, John, she was mm-hmm. trying to speak for John. That was the only time, but every other time on film, like she was just minding her own business. Like you said. Yeah, and then I thought it was interesting too, where you they made it seem like Yoko was the only one that was ever there, and I was like, well, no, Linda, who was Linda Eastman at the time, uh, Paul's girlfriend, um, was there a lot of the time. She was there like yeah. almost as much as Yoko. No, she wasn't like in their immediate little circle there, like rehearsing, but she was there watching everything. She even brought her daughter one day. Yep. Daughter was running around like crazy. I mean, and again, no, nobody was saying like anything bad like oh why are, why is she here the only time you do hear that is they're kind of discussing like we need to kind of so what happened is i guess two years prior to this brian epstein or epstein their manager for you know for, for since they were introduced he passed away and so they didn't have any more they didn't have like somebody telling them what to do and be here on this time and we're going to rehearse for this much so they were their own management. And so that was a good thing, but also a bad thing because there was no structure. Anybody, people just walked in whenever, at whatever time. Where's John? Oh, I think he's coming in at noon. He just walks in after lunch, like to start <laughs> rehearsing, like for, you know, eh. but um, that's the only time they say like, I wish we had a manager kind of sometimes so that Somebody would tell us, hey, no girlfriends, no, you know, yeah. you know, we need to do kind of giving them some kind of structure, some giving them rules, and there's nobody to do that. So <laughs> they're just fiddling around and wasting time for a lot of the, the series. Um, 
but yeah, I also, I think that my, my favorite part, even to go through the, the repetitiveness and everything, the big payoff is that rooftop scene mm-hmm. because, you know, you've seen it and we've seen it in clips before. I have that Beatles rock band video game where you're, we actually, you play on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I've never seen it in its entirety and it was pretty cool to see them up there playing those songs and playing the songs live. And then I didn't even realize that a lot of those songs <clears throat> recorded live were what you hear on the Let It Be album. Like oh, yeah. that's exactly how you hear them up on the rooftop. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, I, I do love, like you said, the use of that split screen technique where they're, they're showing the Beatles playing. And then at the same time, you're on the left side of the screen, you're seeing the cops come in and like, what's all this noise about? Surely we can, <laughs> we can keep this down because they keep saying we've gotten 30 complaints, 30 noise complaints in the past half hour alone and, you know, whatever. So they keep stressing that they need to stop because there's too much noise. And it's funny because <laughs> it takes them a while to realize that they're actually playing up there. At first, they just think because one of the guys says, one of the cops says, don't you have, don't studios have like noise uh, protection or, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, whatever, you know, like ways to like block out the noise from the street. And they're like, oh no, they're, the, the receptionist is like, no, they're on the roof. And he's like, what? <laughs> they're on the roof. So it's just funny because it's these two young, young, young cops. And um, even they were extremely polite yeah. like for being cops you know they're they're just waiting there like okay we're gonna go tell them to stop okay okay we'll wait here they look upset like they look like they're trying to be authoritative but they're really not doing anything they're just asking repeatedly and then there's this one scene where like they call for like backup and so the <laughs> was it the sergeant yeah sergeant comes in he's got this bushy mustache and you think he's gonna be a dick and he's like Oh, excuse me, may I come in? And they're like, sure, because they've got this hidden camera in the reception area. So they're capturing all this stuff, which is cool because I didn't know there was footage of that. And he's like... Yeah, it was a good idea. He's like, do you mind if I go upstairs? Do you mind? And they're like, no, go ahead. Uh, There's already more there. Okay, thank you. It's just so funny because everyone's so polite. Like, oh, is it okay if I come in? Like, what? What cop asks that? Like, I'm coming in. (laughs) Um, It's just funny. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. I loved, like you said, the the interviews with the people on the street. Because you get people that are like, oh my God, yes, I'm, I'm so happy they're playing. What do you think about the, the music here? Oh, it's great. Um, and there's that one girl. It's like, he's like, uh, who who's this playing? Do you know who this is? She's like, the Beatles, obviously. Like, <laughs> She's like, how dare you even question? Like, of course, it's the Beatles and, you know, I love them or whatever. <laughs> but then at the same time, you get other people it's like, oh, what do you think of this? It's like, oh, it's so no, you know, they're disrupting all the business that they should turn it down or, you know, what a stupid thing to do. So it's funny because you get both sides. You get the, mm-hmm. the grumpy people that are like, oh, they're just ruining our day. There's this old lady that's like, well, they woke me up from my sleep and I'm not very happy or whatever. <laughs> and she goes back down into the cellar or wherever, wherever she came from. Um, it's just funny because at this point, what a lot of people forget is that um, – the Beatles had gone through this crazy uh, transition. You know, they started off as the the four mop tops. You know, they were the She Loves You, She Loves You, yeah, yeah. They were the, that kind of band. And then by this point, they had they didn't have the mop top hair. They had longer hair. They had beards. They had these huge mutton, you know, uh, sideburns, the mutton chop sideburns. 
you know, John and Yoko, um, they had gotten in trouble for John saying that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. They, all this stuff had happened and their music had changed. You know, they're more psychedelic and more rock and roll, hard rock. Um, so you get that, that too, because there's that one guy. They're like, oh, you know, do you like, do you like the Beatles? He's like, no, <laughs> not, not at all. No, they've changed completely. Like he looks really upset, like he's annoyed. But it's just funny because um people think of them now as like this kind of like this monolith thing that oh the beatles were always popular and that's not true because i'm thinking even my mom like she's somebody who loved the the early days you know Mm -hmm. she loves you i want to hold your hand all the romantic you know like girls screaming in the audience ah fainting and crying (laughs) but once they started getting more experimental and weird uh that's when she stopped liking them like i think from probably around revolver era <laughs> that's what I really that, think and it's that. funny right because that's when most people are like oh this is when they started getting really good because they started experimenting yeah. and sound, sounding different but it's funny to see that even within 1969 within that year you had people already that were like oh i don't listen to them anymore like they're they got weird or you know and there's some people that are like oh yeah i love you know my kids love them or and there's even older people which i was found surprising that were like oh yeah they're really good you know i like i uh-huh. appreciate their music and you could tell these were like people in their 50s or you know people that you wouldn't typically connect with listening to that kind of music at that time anyway yeah um so yeah it was really really fascinating um i you know i really enjoyed it i'm i almost said i loved it right now and i, I gotta say i really liked it but like you said i really think it could have been tightened up a little bit Mm -hmm. they probably could have taken out like two hours worth and it would it would have been a really good like maybe six hour documentary instead of this eight hour documentary or whatever you know like it it, and it's hard to say that because i know it must be hard having all this footage and being like oh my god what you know people want to see the beatles you know just this footage that nobody's ever seen before. You know, we've seen almost everything there is to see about the Beatles over the years. You know, how many times can you repackage the same story, right? You have the anthology, that that series that I have in my room that I never watch. It's like 10 discs, or I don't know how many discs. Basically, this, the whole story from beginning to end. But, you know, you even for people like me who've seen all there is to see about the Beatles, this was interesting because we'd never seen this footage. And I got to say... They did a great job of cleaning up this footage. It looks like really great. It looks like it was shot just like yesterday because it, it's so clean and crisp. Like that must have taken a lot of work to restore all this footage to make it look so good. Um, like you said, though, if you're not accustomed to the, the way the their accents, because they have these really heavy liver puddlian accents, you may want to turn on the... the um, captions because sometimes it is hard to understand them like they're they just talk really fast and they sometimes they use slang that people don't really that we don't use they probably don't we don't they don't even use now in liverpool or you know in in england because it's outdated now so it's kind of hard to catch some of the things they're saying but um i loved i loved watching them interact because they're so they're they still felt like those silly guys that we saw back in like hard day's night and stuff you know they just joking around and being ridiculous um yeah and it just blows my mind i'll just end it with this it's just crazy to think when this movie was being made when they were making this album um 
because that's what this was about. This was supposed to be like them recording, making a documentary, putting on a TV show and making an album all at the same time. Um, but it's just crazy to think that in a few months they would not be a band anymore. I mean, they would go on to make Abbey Road and that would be their last album. Um, and at the time this was being filmed, uh, John and Ringo were the oldest at 28. Paul was 26 and Ring- uh, George was 25. Like, just think about that. At 25 years old, you've already had this long career, <laughs> 10 years of, of, or, you know, of almost 10 years of, of um, doing all these albums and changing the face of music or whatever. And you're going to, re- you know, retire from the Beatles at like 25. I don't know what you were doing at 25. <laughs> I think I had just graduated college like the year before. So it's just, it's just, it's just like mind blowing. And that's why. I think when people say like, oh, the Beatles are overrated. I know, you, you know, you, you had thought that at one point too. People, I've heard people say that and I argue and I go, maybe you don't like them. That's fine. You don't have to appreciate their music, but you have to admit they, what they did at such a young age is amazing mm-hmm. to have all these songs, this whole catalog of music, um, whether you like it or not, because I guarantee you musicians that you love I'm 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 pretty sure like a whole lot of them love the Beatles or they covered the Beatles or they learned something from the Beatles. I mean, you know, just Foo Fighters alone, you know. Obviously, Dave Grohl is a huge Beatles fan and he's a friend with Paul McCartney. You know, you got all these bands that um look up to the Beatles or in some way or another were influenced by the Beatles. Yeah. Or they've covered their songs, like I said, they they've their their songs get covered so often. Um so it's, to me, it's like Bob Dylan. Like I'm not a huge Bob Dylan fan. Like I, his voice just kind of just never gelled with me. But I understand that he's obviously an influential figure, and he influenced the Beatles even. And you know, people love his lyrics and his music. So even though I don't, I'm not a huge Bob Dylan fan. I respect the 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 guy, and I respect what he did. Same thing with the Beatles. I feel like they they contributed so much in such a short amount of time and at such a young age, it's just, you can't overlook that. And this movie just puts that, it's even hard to think, like I know you were, we were watching it and you're like, they're, they were only in their twenties. They look older. Cause yeah. I don't know if it's cause they'd gone through so much or because they had all the long hair and beards, but uh, it's just crazy to think that they weren't even 30 years old yet. <laughs> Not a one of them. And probably because they smoked so much. <laughs> yeah, too. That too. I forgot to mention that they were constantly smoking cigarettes. Like, Throughout this whole documentary, that's all they all were doing was smoking cigarettes. And it was so gross. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how they could, how anyone could just smoke that much. It was, it was just crazy. But, yeah, I feel like people who say they're overrated maybe just haven't even really heard all of their music. Because I, I think that was the case for me. I think I had only heard maybe one or two songs. Or known that it, uh, the they were those two songs were by the Beatles, and then to have these super fans, you know, people love the Beatles, yeah. right? And but not understand why. Like if you've only heard one or two songs, of course, I thought like, well, they're overrated. They only have those couple of songs. <laughs> but then once I actually started listening to the music, I was like, okay. And then you would explain them to me, right? So I was like, okay, yeah, these guys were young, and these guys had. So much music that they put out and most of it was like amazing, like really good. So it's, it's, 
I think for people who say they're overrated, just maybe haven't heard all of their music. Um, and then, of course, there's people who just don't care for their right. music. So. Right. It's just not something that they like or that like, yeah. I don't care for that. It's too soft. I was always a Elvis person or I was always a Rolling Stone person. You know, there are those people and that's fine. Um, and plus I get it because it, I feel like you're beaten over the head with it since you're a kid. Like the Beatles are amazing. The yeah. Beatles are the best band ever. So after hearing that for so long and like, let's say you don't agree, you start getting kind of resentful. Like, why does everyone say that? They're not the greatest band of all time. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, I, I get that. I get when people try to tell you that something's good and you're like, I don't see it for me. It's Lord of the Rings. See, like <laughs> bringing it back to Peter Jackson. Everyone loves Lord of the Rings, and I just I don't. Or even I don't get what's it. that other show that we tried? The Office. No. Oh, Game of Thrones. That one. Yeah, everyone loves Game of Thrones, and we just couldn't get into it. I'm not saying I hate it, but I'm. You know what I'm gonna say? Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But um, but yeah, so definitely I recommend this, of course, to any Beatles fan. You're gonna you're gonna find something here, whether you love it or not. You're gonna find something that's interesting that you've never seen before. Um, if you're not a Beatles fan, if you think they're overrated, this is not going to change your mind at all. In fact, you're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't even get through this first episode. Cause it is a lot of, uh, hurry up and wait. It, you know what it feels like? It feels like you're there. It really does feel like you're there, like laying on a couch, like <laughs> while these guys are just like jamming out for yeah. all day. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're, you're getting to sit in on it. And that's, that can be cool. That can be really awesome. That's like a historical thing. But it can also be tedious. You can be like, oh, my God. You know, just like if you've ever watched an actual band rehearse or, or try to get their stuff together, if you're not in the band, it gets kind of boring. You know, you're just kind of like, ugh, when are y'all guys going to play something or when are y'all going to get this song together? You know, and they just keep rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. So it's a it's a double-edged sword. It's <laughs> really fascinating but it can get really t- tedious also. So it's a, it's, it's a lot to get through. Um, definitely for fans only. If you're not a fan, I don't see, I don't see how you would find this entertaining or useful. Yeah. Especially if you don't know the songs or you don't care for the songs, you're going to be like, oh, I have to hear get back again, again, again. <laughs> so anyway, um, I recommend it, but definitely uh, for Beatles fans only. Um, this is on Disney Plus, only on Disney Plus. So you're going to have to get that <laughs> little subscription. Um, and all three parts are now available. It started on, I think, Thanksgiving is when they started releasing them. So last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And now they're all available to watch. Um, oh, and there is, uh, I don't know if this matters, but th- this is probably one of the only, I think this might be the only thing on Disney Plus that has the F word in it. They they say the f word a few times here and there, because they're human beings and I didn't they hear talk it at all. exactly. <laughs> but um, it's got some mild language in there, but it's nothing like graphic. It's just like the way people talk, you know. But it's not like over the top. It's not like annoying. You'll just hear it every once in a while. Like I forgot what he says. Something about play the fucking song or something. You know, something like that. Or it's just like it's not in a sexual way or anything. But uh, just a warning if you don't want your kids hearing bad little words like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's it. Was there anything else you wanted to say about it? No. Yeah, so that wraps it up for The Beatles' Get Back on Disney+. Plus. 
But uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Let us know what movies you'd like us to watch and or review. And we'll talk to you next time on Third Row from the Front. Bye. Bye.